What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop Podcast, where we sit down with the top athletes, researchers, scientists, performers, and more to learn what the best in the world are doing to perform at their peak and what you can do to unlock your own best performance. That's right. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, and we are on a mission to unlock human performance. This week, we're sitting down with CrossFit legend Annie Thorisdaughter, just as the game kicks off for this week. Annie has won the games twice, 2011 and 2012, becoming the first woman to win back-to-back CrossFit games titles in the history of the sport. She also made waves in 2021 when she placed third at the games, only a year after giving birth to her daughter, Freya. That's pretty amazing. She's headed back to Madison to compete at the games this week, and we're wishing her luck. In this episode, Annie joins us to discuss what it takes to stay at the top of the sport for over a decade, how she's managed the physical and psychological effects of injuries, the recovery modalities she uses to prevent injury, how she approached training while pregnant and the unsolicited feedback she received, and how her relationship with the sport changed after becoming a mother. We're going to get to Annie in half a second, but first, a reminder, we have new ways to interact with the Whoop podcast. Okay, you can email us, podcast at whoop.com. You can call our new listener line and leave a question or comment. That's 508-443-4952, 508-443-4952. If you're interested in joining Whoop, new members can use the code WILL, W-I-L-L, to get a $60 credit on Whoop accessories when they sign up for a new membership. That includes bands, battery packs, and our Whoop body apparel. Check that out at whoop.com. Okay, without further ado, here is Annie Thorisdotter. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Whoop podcast. I'm Mike Lombardi, and today I'm joined by the one, the only, Annie Thorisdotter. <laughs> Hi. Annie. Welcome to the podcast. I I could certainly do an intro for you, but it will fall (laughs) so, so short. Um, For those that aren't familiar, would you mind giving yourself a a little background here? Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, my name is Annie Thorstutter. I'm from Iceland, and I'm a professional athlete. I've been competing in CrossFit for over a decade. I've been at the CrossFit Games 10 times competing. I've podiumed six times Annie's being super humble here. She's one of the reasons that CrossFit is in the place that it's in worldwide in terms of popularity and helping bring the sport to life. First back-to-back champion. Yes. As uh, CrossFit was coming up, it was really kind of Annie, Thor's daughter, and Rich Froning uh, driving the ship a little bit. And funny enough, now we're here again all these years later. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we'll get to that. You know, you've been an individual competitor for so long, and I know that you've inspired lots of other people to start in the CrossFit space. What actually got you started in the space? Wow. What got me started is pretty random. Uh, Like my parents were doing CrossFit and they were like, oh my God, I think you're going to love this. So at the time I was doing uh, pole vaulting. I did gymnastics growing up and I was competing in pole vaulting in Iceland. And I was doing boot camp at the same time and competing in like random competitions in Iceland, just like fitness competitions, just like anywhere where I got to push myself and try to win. And then there was a CrossFit competition and 
a friend of mine ever that I now own a gym with here in Iceland, CrossFit Reykjavik, he was like, you have to sign up and compete. I was like, okay, I'll sign up. I'll compete. So I signed up. I was doing my final exam and was like my oral math exam. And I've been up like all night studying for it. Then I came home and I'm like, no, I'm way too tired. My mom just like pushed me out the door. I went and competed and I got a spot at the CrossFit Games because I won that competition. And that was 2009. And I was like, you know what? Like I've worked my ass off for these finals. Now I have like two, three months to get ready for something called the CrossFit Games. I tried to figure out what CrossFit was in those months, learned a little bit more of Olympic weightlifting and do more CrossFit workouts. And it was probably the most fun I've ever had at a competition was competing that year. It was a brutal competition. Like looking back at 29 CrossFit games, like the days were so long and the competition was insane. Um, I was in second place going into final events and dropped down because I couldn't do muscle-ups, but I did get my first muscle-up. And I feel like that was like my CrossFit debut, you know? It was it was a very memorable moment. Like for a lot of people, it was like she got her first muscle-up. For me, it was like, um, wow, I didn't finish this workout. Like I had to DNF in something. I couldn't just like muscle my way through it. And I think it lit like a little bit of a fire in me in a way that's like, I need to work really hard to get good at this. Uh, but I had the potential to be good at this. And I decided to like give it another shot. And to a lot of people around me, like maybe a surprise, I got support from my parents, which I thought was like crazy that they just supported that, that I, I was planning on going into medicine, but I I did one year of just like biochemistry in the university, just like a few courses, but was like giving myself a little bit of time off from school and got second place at the CrossFit Games 2010. And that was like, I'm going to get this title. So in the beginning, <laughs> there was like, there was no money in the sport either. It was like, I, the price purse became high 2011, but like there, it was like, I wanted that title. I wanted to call myself the fittest woman on earth. Like, how freaking cool is that to go around? And it's like, yeah, I'm the fittest woman on earth, y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was like kind of what drove me in and just the passion for it. Like I loved training CrossFit and I think that's why I'm still in it. It's great. You know, it's so different now because you were really kind of at the inception of like the competition level of it. Yeah. And like you said, it was just for the title. Um, it, it wasn't for sponsors or the money. It was you wanted to win something that was incredibly challenging and just put your stamp on it. Yeah. So you finally get back and you punch the first place. Yes. And I get my title. Was it surreal or did you expect it? It was surreal. I was like, I even try to visualize it, but you can't really like dare to visualize it like and fully believe it. Or at least for me, I couldn't like fully believe it, you know, until it happened. Then I was already, I started working with Yami Tikkanen, my coach, 2010. So I followed his programming and he's still my coach. Like we've been on this journey for so long. Yeah. So you've been working with him for a really long time. Yeah. We started working together then. I met Frederick 2010 as well. It's funny. Like I've been thinking about a few of these years, just like lately, just like because I've been in it for so long and it's fun to actually let yourself think back a little bit from when you started. But 
yeah, it was pretty surreal winning the CrossFit Games, like being this girl from Iceland, then it became such a big deal. Like, I don't exactly remember my emotions and feelings standing on the podium, but walking out into the tunnel and seeing Frederick, Yami, and Carl there. And then I walked out of the stadium and my parents were there. My parents have been to every single CrossFit Games to watch me, by the way, except for last year when they were at home with my baby. There's such a big part of my journey and me being able to do what I do and my success. And it's funny, like, yeah, I remember those feelings. And that's also like one of the things that I learned throughout the years and I had to learn. It's like, I need to enjoy the process and the journey. I've done this for so many years. It's not just the final, it's not just the CrossFit Games. Like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't enjoy the time in between and the people that are alongside me in it on this journey with me. That's the reason I've been able to be in it for so long is because I thoroughly enjoy what I get to do because I have such a good group of people around me as well. What's the sort of vibe in Iceland? Because obviously there's these amazing, amazing athletes that come out of there. Um, and, and you've brought amazing athletes over to be on your team now, um, which, you know, seems like an easy sell because everyone in the U.S., or particularly on the, on the East Coast, is like, you got to go to Iceland. You got to go to Iceland. <laughs> so what's the magic there just generally? I don't know what the magic is. I obviously love it here. We're pretty upfront real uh, with, with things we're not, we don't take time to beat around the bush. Everything is just easy, I feel here. It's not like a project to go to a store or go and take care of something. It's like a big traffic here or far distances is anywhere over 15 minutes is far away. So I think that's a big difference. Like that's what I struggle with when I'm abroad is time spent on transportation, going in between places. I feel like it's lost time in your day where you could be working or stretching or I don't know. There's just so many other things that you could be doing. And that's something that's like big for me. And then here, like obviously just the access to the nature, that's something that's very important to me. But I think it was very difficult for the guys when they moved here is the darkness and the weather. But it also means that you spend just quite a lot of time at the gym instead. (laughs) (laughs) So do you feel at this point, is everything pretty scheduled for you or you're just always maximizing time? So if there are free pockets, like you said, Maybe you're stretching, maybe you're spending time with the fam, but you're definitely not spending it in transit. Yeah, I felt like I was super, super busy and didn't have a lot of extra hours in my day. Then I had Freya and I was like, what was I doing (laughs) all day? Because now I don't have a lot of extra hours in my day. (laughs) Um, Because when you have a kid, there's just like, you don't have a lot of flexibility when the kid is with you, if that makes sense. Uh, But it gives you that flexibility. It's like, at least it isn't far to go somewhere and see friends and see family. She's not suffering in the car for a very long time, you know? I'm pretty busy. I'm quite busy. We're also, we're building a house at the same time. I have a lot of projects that I'm working on too uh, with Katrin. It's like a lot of different things that we are doing. I don't think people realize how much work goes into it if you're going to do this properly, because it's not just the hours spent at the gym. It's not just me training five, six hours a day. When I'm done and I'm home at, let's say, four o'clock or something, that's maybe when your workday is over. 
then I need to make sure I am eating what I need to be eating. I need to think about my recovery, like stretching and fueling and like then I'm taking care of Freya when she goes to sleep. And then I maybe have an hour and a half that I can like try to work on my body if there's something that's aching or whatever it is. It's like, and I need to make sure that I go early to bed because we wake up early because she wakes up early. There's so many other aspects to it than just the training. I think the fueling and the sleep is so important to stay on top of that, to be able to maximize my training, to be able to be the best that I can be. So your, your journey of motherhood, Challenging, rewarding, probably everything. Everything. So, so, so much harder than I ever could have imagined, but so much more rewarding as well than I ever could have imagined. Like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever done in my entire life. That's why it's also like so hard for me to even be away from her. Like, she just makes you laugh and smile and just fills you up with joy. And of course it's difficult. And last year training, especially for the games, it was, it was really, really hard. I had a pretty traumatic birth and I got out of it very badly. My pregnancy was fantastic and I did really well through that and felt so good. And Freya at least was super strong. Um, big baby, very, very big baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she was at least amazing. Like we're very lucky with, she slept pretty well and like just, uh, incredible in every way and no issues ever with her. Um, but like for me, like I struggled a little bit and especially because my body was just so broken uh, and it took me a very, very long time. Like it took me a very long time to recover and I'm still recovering. Like I'm definitely not fully recovered yet. And I still have diastasis, like my abdominal separation. And that's probably never going to heal up fully. I think the hard thing for me was this was so foreign for me to work with. I didn't know how to work with this. But as soon as I realized that this is just like any other injury, I'm like, I know how to deal with injuries. You know, it's just the muscle that needs to get stronger. My abdominals, it's just muscles that need to recover. And as long as they're strong and recovered, it's safe. The journey back was very, very long and very difficult. And having a goal every quarter or like the open quarterfinals, semifinals, just like having a goal to be ready to participate, it helped me to stay motivated. And it was more about me just finding myself again. I never put the pressure on myself that I had to compete again. It was just like, if I want to, I'll compete again. If not, I don't have to, but I want to get the control over my body again. I want to recognize myself again. It's such a big part of me is feeling strong and in control. And that was my plan. Um, and I felt like I deserved to give myself that. So I worked really hard for that, but around Freya sleeping. So my training was like the window when Freya went to sleep. And then when Freya went for her second sleep, I got more and more confidence in myself and confidence in my body. And then even after qualifying for the games, I was like, yeah, it's really, really cool. I qualified, but I still don't know if I'm going to compete because I have competed before nine times at that point. I don't have to go there just for the experience. I want to go there and not feel like I need to hold back. I want to go there and have fun competing with the girls. I didn't feel like I had to put the pressure on myself to have to go there and compete if I wasn't ready. But then we went to the States and even in the plane, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to compete, Frederick. You realize that? Like, 
we're going there, but I don't feel ready. And then everything came together at the right time. And I wanted to compete and I felt like I owed it to myself to let myself compete because I had worked my ass off. Like, and I felt like I owed it to myself. I was there. I put in all the hard work. I deserved to compete. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it went way above any expectations I had. One of the best and hardest experiences at the games as well, because every single morning I also woke up and just started crying for a few minutes while I missed my baby. And (laughs) it was... I was a roller coaster to be around. <laughs> do you do you feel like you've almost had an athletic rebirth after having Freya, like you said, sort of like working back from something that was very traumatic? It was challenging. There's plenty of doubt. There's also lots of little victories along the way. Yeah. I feel like I was maybe competing for a little bit different reasons that I've done in the past, you know? Like every year I've had different motivation and I've had to find like different ways to drive me because it's never been like, I know for some people, maybe it's just enough to motivate them to like get the price purse or something. But like, that's always taken away from me when I try to think about it like that. I don't work like that as a person. This year I was doing it for other reasons. I was doing it for myself. I was doing it for Freya and I was doing it for other moms, other ones that had struggled like that I've had all that doubt and showing that it was possible and showing that it was okay that we still look the way that we look after giving birth and like that we are still the same person, you know? You don't just have a kid and you change. It's like you're still you and you still get to be you. You're just a little different version of yourself, you know? I feel like it gave me a different kind of calm to be doing it for those reasons. And that's why I had so much fun competing at Invitationals as well at Rogues because I had those two more months leading into Rogue Invitationals and those were months that I kind of needed. Like you can even see the change, physical change on my body from the games to Rogues. Like I look different. Like it was like every single week I was feeling a difference on myself. I was going in with a mindset that I was going to beat Tia in as many events as I possibly could. She is the one that we're all trying to beat because she is the best in the sport. And when I said that in an interview that she's beatable, of course, everyone is beatable. Like everyone is beatable. If they weren't beatable, what are we even doing? Are we competing for second place? Like you're not a real competitor. If you go into a competition and you're like, yes, second place, here I come. Like, No. (laughs) So me saying that she's beatable, I'm not saying that I can beat her, but I'm saying that I'm going to try. I'm saying that it's possible. And I'm saying that anyone can strive for it to do so. And we all should. And it's the same with Mayhem now competing on a team. Like, yes, they're the best. They're the one that you're trying to be. But of course they're beatable like Tia is, like any other person is, like Fraser was. No, no one could beat him, but of course he was beatable. No one did it at that time, but like, I hope every single athlete went into the CrossFit Games with the mindset that they were going to try. And I think it's dangerous if we give someone that power. It's dangerous if the girls start believing that Tia isn't beatable because then she's not going to be then you're always going to doubt it when she's ahead of you or doubt it if she's behind you, then you're going to be like, oh, I went too fast, you know? Like we need to believe it. (laughs) So yeah, that that was my argument there. 
And yeah, I was on a great run and I, it was actually kind of a hard decision for me to decide to go team. But it was also something that I played along with for so long that I wanted to try out. And I decided not to be afraid to try it out anymore. I was so worried if I would go team that I would never go individual again. But if I can have a baby and go individual again, I can for sure go team and go individual again. Like there's nothing stopping me in doing that. I wanted to try something a little bit different. And I think it was a really good move because I am learning so much. Like I am growing so much, not just as an athlete, but as a person by going team because I'm seeing a different side. I'm learning insight into different people and how different people function and work. And now it's really fun that I get to step on the floor with my team and share it with my team. But at the same time, it's very uncomfortable and difficult for me to put my faith. It's not just on me. Like I'm putting my faith in other people too. These are great people to do it. But it's like I am learning a lot by having to do that as well. That, the, I mean, it's exciting. The, the team shift, you have a good crew with Khan, Tola, and Lauren. Yeah, I have a great crew. Was semifinals sort of reaffirming? Were you surprised at all? To win all six events? No. I'm not going to lie. No. Because you go to win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to beat Mayhem, we should go with a goal to win every single event at semifinals. And I know that. Obviously, I could not expect it. But that was a goal that I think all of us had going in. That's why it's so difficult. You say that you want to win, but you can't... Be disappointed if you do everything that you could. Then someone else can just outperform you. Obviously, we all want to win, but that's why I want to say you can't just expect to win. And we can't expect to win because we still have things that we can get even better at. And I think that was also a good thing there that we did make mistakes. Like on the road workout, we weren't in the lead after the first five minutes. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's something wrong here and we need to change our strategy and we need to like fix things up because we have the capacity to be in the lead in this workout. And then we did that on the flight, like learning things like that. And that's mistakes that we can't afford at the CrossFit Games because that can cost us multiple spots. Yeah, it was, I wanted us to win every single event. I'm not going to say I would have been disappointed if we wouldn't have. I probably would have been a little disappointed if we wouldn't have, but like... I first and foremost, I wanted us to execute properly. And I hoped that us doing that would give us first place in every single event. You were talking about pacing a little bit and how you like to get out in front and yeah. Katrin pace as well. What do you think the fine line is between racing your race and racing the race that's happening? And when do you need to switch? It depends on the event. Like there, I knew we were just going for too long. We had to make shorter intervals and bursts. Like transitions took such a short time. We were just digging too deep, staying on the rower for too long at a time. So that was like an easier fix, but it's such a fine line. That's where experience plays such a big role. And that's what I told myself going into the games last year, even though I didn't feel fully prepared. I'm like, I have multiple years of experience in the bank and I know myself really well. Now for us to know each other as a team is different. I believe that I know myself properly enough if 
I go out and I see that someone else is ahead of me after the first five minutes, if it's a long workout, and I'm like, okay, I need to do something about this. Maybe I am pacing this a little bit too much. Or if I'm way ahead, then I can maybe slow myself down a little bit. You know what I mean? With a team, it is a little bit different because you need everyone to be able to pick it up. And that's a big mistake we did at quarterfinals in the burpee workout. We way overpaced that. Like we went way too slow. And then we did it again two weeks later and we beat our time by like one and a half or two minutes. Like huge difference. And it didn't even feel that much harder, you know? It also depends on where you are in the competition, depends on where you are in the leaderboard and what your goal is. Let's say that you're like on the line of being cut or something, or there's a podium spot, like this is the final event, you're going for a podium. Like maybe you don't care if you're fourth or fifth, you want to be first, second, third, or you're 10th, then you just go for it. Like There's different workouts, different circumstances where you take different chances. And I think it's important to be able to see those chances and then go for them when you, when you have to, like, it might be a risk to do 20 unbroken of something or whatever that is, but that's a risk that you take on the spot if you have to, if you see that you need to. Yeah. So it's a bit of a calculated risk and situational. Yeah. So like push your pace in training to a spot where you might get significantly worse time than you would if you would pace it differently, but you'll learn something from it. Yeah, you don't know where the line is unless you push it and and step over a couple of times. You're like, all right, well, now I know. Exactly, yeah. And that's what we need to do even more off as a team. What has been the most challenging sort of moment, maybe in competition, where you just, you said, I'm trying to push and I can't? Well, I would say when I got my heat stroke in 2015, we had Murph. It's the first time my body like failed me. That's my mindset. So when I'm dying in something, especially if it's just like muscle fatigue, where it's just like breathing capacity and I just want to give up. I'm like, no, no, your head is going to give up before your body does. You can do five more seconds or you can do five more burpees. It's like, you just have to suck it up and do it. Every time I do that, I'm proud of myself because I'm pushing the pain threshold. I'm making myself better in that moment. And I know in that moment, a lot of other people are going to give up. And that's why I'm not going to give up. And I'm going to push for those extra reps. In Murph, I was trying. And then I just started running and like my legs didn't work. Like I was dizzy and I was fainting. I'm like, what the actual F is going on? Like, I don't understand what's happening right now. And I just overheated. And then the day after, the events after this were probably some of the hardest ones on my entire career because first of all, like I, I just got bad rapto. Um, so I couldn't like straighten my arms properly or do anything properly, but I got my like therapist to work on me and make me better so I could go out to the floor and I'm like all right this is a great event for me went out for like the pick flip and rope climb event and I'm like I'm gonna crush this and then I go out there and my muscles just don't work like I don't even recognize it like it's just not working and then it's just my body is just shutting down and that's that was really difficult for me and having to withdraw from the competition there because it just wasn't working, but my hat was fully in it. What advice do you have for people that are still like maybe a little nervous to uh, reach out for anybody for help? I think it's important to look at it as it's a strength. 
And also think about it. If someone else would reach out to you and ask you for help, would you think any less of them? You wouldn't. So why would you be worried that someone else is going to think that about you? It's a very good point. Yeah. Do you keep mindfulness in your routine? I know you mentioned you work with a sports psychologist. Are there mindfulness practices that you keep on a regular basis? On a regular basis, I would say like on and off. I do it when I need it. I just have things that I can go to that I've used before, but usually it's just enough for me to talk openly about it with someone else, what I am struggling with in training or thinking about. And usually it's just pressure, stress and pressure. And I think I've gotten pretty good at dealing with it. I'm never going to say that I deal perfectly with it because we can always get better and I'm in no way perfect. But I've, I have, like I said, I have such a good team around me. So team seems to be the theme. Yeah. Really. You need to surround yourself with the right people. And you've, you've had it for a long time, which is probably why you've been doing this for so long at such a high level. Is there an end in sight? Or is this a, I'm going to go till the wheels fall off? So, Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. There's been an end in sight since 2016. People started asking me if I was going to compete again after 2012, because then I won twice. And it's like, oh, are you sure you want to compete again? Because now anything less than winning is going to be disappointment. Why not quit when you're on the top? And I think that's a very stupid mindset as well, because why should I quit doing something that I love doing just because I've been the best at it? Honestly. I didn't know that I was going to come back after giving birth. So I'm going to do the same as I do every single year. I do one year at a time. And then I take the next step after that and make decisions with my team. If my body's good, my mind's in the right place and I feel like it, then I'm not going to take it away from me. Outside of CrossFit and training, you've started building your own brand with with Katrin, daughter, which is kind of overarching. I want you to kind of talk. I know it has a lot of different facets. There's the headphones. You wrote a book. What's this brand that's maybe while you're still training and then after CrossFit Life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it's something that we've talked about for years of doing, and we just never really had proper time to do anything with it because we're full on training. And then we're like, no, we can't just wait until we're done competing. Like we have, we have so much passion for what we wanted to do. We, Obviously, I'm just so grateful for the opportunities that we have gotten. And we want to try to use our platform for something good. I think that's our goal for both of us. It's like, yes, we want to win. Yes, we want to be the best at our sport. But we also want to reach the more we're in it, the more people we reach, and the more people we can try to influence or help in a positive way. And I've always been very open on my social media sharing about issues as well because life is imperfect. And I've seen when I started sharing about my birth, about my recovery, about my back injury, every single time I share something or about my abdominals or the way that I look, like every single time I share something difficult for me to share, I help so many people that are dealing with the same. And I've seen that for myself. When I shared part of my birthing story, I got messages from other women that had gone through something similar and that helped me. So I've seen the power of just us sharing. And me and Kat, we want to try to help with a platform that we got. So 
we always thought about children and that's where we start. And we both love it when kids come over and want autographs or watch us or look up to us or whatever it is. Want to be like when a kid comes over and it's like, I want to be strong like you. I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Like you think it's cool to be strong and healthy. Like that's something that you're striving for. So we wrote a children's book and I am super proud of it. And it's about the journey. It's about the people you have around you. It's about obstacles. It's about failing. No one is perfect. And you're not going to have any fun if you're perfect because then you have nothing to strive for and about daring to make mistakes. And I think this is something that I'm still looking at. And I'm hoping that when parents read that book to their children, it gives us a chance to talk about this with our kids. But kids look at us and they learn from us. If I tell Freya, let's say I tell Freya that it's okay to compete in something that she's afraid to compete in because we all like we're all afraid to make mistakes, but it's okay to fail. But then she sees me and I'm like, oh, I don't want to compete in that because I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. She's going to learn significantly more from seeing me giving into that fear than from me ever talking to her. We need to lead by example. So I'm hoping that this book is also going to just like get parents to dare to be silly, make mistakes, step out of the side of the comfort zone because we all struggle with it. We're all afraid that we're going to fall on our butt or someone is going to laugh at us. But like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know? So I, I'm hope we were hoping with that one. That was just like a first step of the things that we want to do. Then we just want to, there's a lot of levels to what we want to do, but we want to inspire uh, women. We want to try to keep girls in sports for longer. Um, that's one of the big uh, projects that we want to try to do just help people like a lot of the things that are in the book is actually like our missions we've made a headset that we're working with but that was just a, like kind of like a side project because we were both complaining about the headsets that we're using and we want the freedom like I think that's one of the things that we want people to have is just like freedom to do what they want to do. And that's why you fit it. So we're making, we made a headset that's hundred percent waterproof and stays in the air. And now we're coming out with the next version where you can be free of your phone. You can download the music onto your headset and you can go without having your phone for a run or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, that's really cool. So we'll be the first headset on the market with that when that comes out. Where can everybody follow kind of what's happening with the, the daughter brand? Well, we have daughter on Instagram. We're working on making that like exactly the way that we want to have it. So we're not super active there, but that's in the build. We have put quite a bit in there, but that's going to be where we're going to uh, put most of our stuff in. If uh, people just want to kind of follow the team and yourself. So Annie Thor's daughter on Instagram. Yes. Annie Thor's daughter on Instagram. And then I follow the training plan. That's my program. Katrin Davis' daughter, I think, is a, a very important person to follow. And then obviously daughter. And the headset is daughteraudio.com. Yeah, check all that stuff out. And keep keep an eye out for Annie and team. You're just going with Team CrossFit Reykjavik? Yeah, keeping a symbol. Team CrossFit Reykjavik from Iceland. <laughs> At the games, going head-to-head with, with CrossFit Mayhem. So... Keep an eye. It is the story of the CrossFit Games this year for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Honored to be on this podcast. 
Thank you to Annie for coming on the Whoop Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the Whoop Podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating or review. We always appreciate your feedback. You can check us out on social at Whoop at Will Ahmed. You can email the Whoop Podcast, podcast at whoop.com, or you can call our new listener line. That's 508-443-4952. New members can use the code WILL, W-I-L-L, to get a $60 credit on Whoop Accessories when they sign up for a new membership. And with that, I would like to wish the best of luck to all of our athletes competing in the games this week. And for everyone else, stay healthy and stay in the green.